Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Impact City Church. Everyone doing okay? All right. Um, obviously, I can't hear you because I am on the video. This is something we're kind of trying out. I've been at work the last few days, and I'm having to work today on Sunday. And so I really figured that um, I would just, instead of looking and bringing in other people, which we love to do here at Impact City Church, but I would actually try to videotape the message for you because I really felt that the message that God has for you today, I really wanted to just kind of deliver that myself. And so, um, you know, if, if you're un, unused to this, if you think, oh, my goodness, they're going to start doing video uh, every week. Look, we've been doing video every week. If you haven't noticed that we love showing videos that are inspirational. We love showing videos that challenge us and motivate us to do amazing things in our walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, why not show a video that is the message that God wants to bring to you um, through this format? Um, so, listen, I'll be back next week. Don't worry. Don't fear. Uh, you never... It's not like you're not going to see me again. You can always swing by the house or whatever you need to do. But just don't worry about this. This is going to be okay. Um, I'm excited about today. I really am because, one, we're doing something different with the video. And, two, we're also getting into a topic that is very just important for all of us to understand. And it's kind of setting up the next part of the Gospel of Mark for us. The next certain, uh, maybe next seven weeks in the Gospel of Mark will be focused around this one topic, which is called the norm, which is going to be the norm for all of us Christians, um, the way we should live life normally throughout our everyday lives. And so um, the norm is basically this. Uh, are we praying? Are we fasting? Are we, are we, how we handle our finances? How we handle our marriages, our relationships? And so I invite you to just come back next week uh, and just enjoy the very first service of the series called The Norm. And so we'll be looking for that next week. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, um, open them up to the, uh, the book of Psalms, verse 119. And we're going to start on verse 81. So Psalms chapter 119, verse 81. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, they're on the edges of your seats, on the edge of the rows. Just go ahead and tap your neighbor and say, hey, give me a Bible over here. And so uh, just tell me to pass one down. If you, if you look on Facebook uh, right now on our page, the scriptures for today are lined out already posted on our page. So go to their Facebook. And while you're there on the Facebook page of Impact City Church, go ahead and check in. Say, hey guys, I'm here at church. You're missing out on some awesome thing. Uh, pastor's on video. It's weird. It's kind of weird. His forehead looks kind of crazy. But whatever it is, just go ahead and check in. Let people know about this church that is impacting the city for Christ. Um, let's go ahead and start off with this. Psalm 119, verse 81. Psalm 119, verse 81. Let's go ahead and get there. And before I do, let me start off with this. Again, let me just kind of get into this. Um, prayer is what we're speaking about today. Prayer is what we're speaking about today. And it's really looking at prayer at two different sides. And when we pray, there's two things that happen here. I want to look at one, when we pray, what is our part in the, in the prayer? And the second thing I want to look at is what is God's part in the prayer? Like our part, God's response to prayer. Because if you look at any conversation you have in life, 
Any type of community conversation, whether you're across the, the dinner table from someone or you're in an important meeting with someone or say like it's in a job interview, you know, if the conversation is only one-sided, if it's only his response or if it's only our prayer that gets spoken and there's no two-way conversation there, then it's a pretty lame discussion, don't you think? It's a pretty uh, uninteractive type of uh, kind of withdrawn type weird scenario that you're in when you're sitting across from someone and you're not getting any type of response from them. And so what I want to do, I want to look at what our part of prayer is, and I want to look at what God's part of prayer is. So again, um, there's always two good parts to a conversation. So if you have your Bibles, um, remember Psalm 119 verse 81 is where we're going to be at today. And the first thing I want to look at is this. If you're taking notes, and I hope you are, is this. Number one, pray honestly. So looking into our part, looking into what our part is for the prayer, let's go ahead and start off with this. Number one, if you're taking notes, is on our part of the prayer, we want to pray honestly to God. Y'all write that down. Pray honestly to God. Just be honest with Him. Be real with God. Uh, don't give Him these fake, kind of lame, sort of quiet prayers, the prayers that really don't seem to really convey the truth that is within your heart. These, um, our Father, my, my Lord, I pray to you, I come to you, I, I want to show you everything and exalt your name, and, and oh Lord, you have given me, like, that is great, it sounds nice, but it's probably not really what's in your heart. You know, be, be real honest with him. And, you know, after years of being betrayed by people, you know, throughout history, God is not going to be offended by your honesty and your prayers. Like, he's not going to be surprised. And, and, you know, God loves us. And he has thick skin when it comes to our mess-ups and our, just our sinful nature. So whenever you pray, be honest with God. Tell him everything that is in your heart. Um, look at this, Psalm 119, uh, 81 through 88, where we're going to be at right now. This is what the psalmist says. It says that, this is Psalm 119, 81 through 88. It says, I am worn out waiting for your rescue. He says this to God, he says, God, I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? He says this, he says, I am shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, and I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. How long must I wait? When will you punish those who persecute me? These arrogant people. He calls people arrogant. He says, these arrogant people who hate my instructions have dug deep pits to trap me. All your commands are trustworthy. Protect me from those who hunt me down without cause and almost finish me off. But I refuse to abandon your commandments. Your unfailing love spare my life. And your unfailing love spare my life. Then I can continue to obey your laws. Can you see the rawness here? Can you see the, the rawness in this scripture? Things that, that he's saying. It's deep. You know, it's dark. 
it's kind of depressing in a way. When he says, Lord, how long must I wait for you to rescue me? How long? He's talking to God and saying, God, how long is it going to take for this thing to, to, to kind of come to pass? When are you going to answer my prayer? You know, it's dark, it's, the, it's deep, it's depression, but you know what? It's real. It's real. And if we're honest with each other, this is how we pray, in a real, raw form. I think Charles Spurgeon said it best when he said this, about this one psalm, this certain part of the psalm. He says, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon said this, a great pastor, he said this, he says, let's be honest, he said, this octave is the midnight to the psalm, and it's a very dark and black place. See, God wants us to come to Him as we are. You don't have to cover up your mistakes and sins and, and your whole jacked up life the way it's been. He wants to see that. Here He knows that. He wants you to tell Him about that. And it doesn't surprise Him. You know, He doesn't sit there and you say a prayer like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I've, I've, I've messed up. I've done this. And He's not like, oh, am myself. You know, like, oh, am myself. And I said, OMG, get it? Kind of funny. Bad jokes go through video as well, okay, I get it, okay, you're probably not even laughing right now, if you are, okay, that's good. Um, so God doesn't say stuff, He doesn't get surprised with things, okay? He has such an unfailing love for us, that He will never turn away with us away in our filth. He'll never turn us away in our filth. Spurgeon goes on to say this, later on in the quote, he says, Stars, however, shine out. Through the scriptures, the stars shine up through this, and the last verse gives promise of the dawn. The last verse gives promise of the dawn. It says, "In your unfailing love, spare my life, then I can continue to obey your laws." That was the last verse in verse uh, eighty-eight. So don't be afraid to be completely honest with God. It doesn't surprise Him when you pray to Him and you're completely honest with Him. You want to say stuff like, "God, I'm messed up." I've really messed up. God, I am hurting deep down inside. God, I can't bear this anymore. Lord, I am cheating on my spouse. I am, I am fooling around on the person who I have committed my life to. Oh, Lord, I am addicted to drugs. I am addicted to alcohol. Lord, I can't get away without having just one drink. I got to have two, three, four. Lord, I am just, you know, I have, I, when I'm alone, Lord, I am addicted to pornography. I just, I can't, I can't help but look on my phone, Lord. I can't help but look on the computer. I just, I am messed up, Lord. I know that's wrong, but Lord, can you just help me here? Whatever it is, Lord, can you just, like, help me, Lord? I just, I lie constantly. Lord, I just, I can't seem to get things right in my life. Whatever it is, whatever it is, be honest and open to God about the things that are in your heart. That is the first thing that we need to do when we come to pray to God. When our part is to be honest to God in our prayers. The second thing that we need to know, though, if you're taking notes, is this. The second thing is to pray with the right motives. Y'all write that down. Pray with the right motives. We're going to be honest in our prayers, and we're also going to pray with the right motives. So what should our motives be? What should the things that we say be motivation to us? What are the motives behind our prayers? Well, since we're all Christians, this means that we are Christ-like. Our motives should be that of God's 
motives. So everything that Jesus was motivated by, all the motives that he had, those should be our motives. So let's look at one of his prayers so we can really see what his motives were. This is the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 17. Y'all turn to your Bibles there real quickly. John 17, uh, verse 20. John 17, verse 20. It says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. And as you are in me, Father, I am in you. And I pray that they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. See, Jesus always had his kingdom in mind with his prayers. Even in the most desperate hour, he was saying like, they, that they might know you, Lord. That they might know that our purpose for being here, that, that they, Lord, that they will, will all be one. That they, that they, his, his mindset was on his kingdom. He didn't say, God, pray for me right now. Lord, what is, what is my uh, direction in life? Lord, what is my purpose? God, tell me, what bless me, Lord. Give me what you want for me. No, he said, they. He kept saying they. He even in his most desperate hour, when he was about to die, when he was there praying in the garden of the Gethsemane, he says, Father, he said this, Luke twenty-two forty-two. 42, he says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. He says, I want your will to be done, not mine. And when, when we pray, that should be our motives. God's will, not ours. God's way, not our way. God's will, not our will. Some of these self-building examples of unrighteous prayers or, or bad motives prayers, I mean, some of those self-building examples could be stuff like this. Um, God, I'm going to pray. You know, this is me praying. It says, God, bless me with tons of money because I deserve it all because I work my butt off and I just, I deserve all the money that I can get, Lord. I'm a good person. God, bless me with lots of money. That's a self-motivated prayer. Something else like this would be, the, God, bless me with a new car. Because I will be happy with a new car. Lord, have you seen the new Corvettes? Holy cow, they are so amazing. I especially like the red ones. Can you bless me with a new car? Because I want to be happy. If you're not a Corvette fan, then I'm sorry. Because uh, uh, I want to be happy. Or maybe your prayer is that it says, God, I want to be the most holy person in my church. Because I am self-righteous. Because I am perfect, Lord. And there is nothing I do that is wrong. Nothing I do that is against your will or your rules. I want to be known as the most holy, self-righteous person in the church. I want to be the best member of your congregation, Lord. That is me. I am your, I'm teacher's pet. I want to be that because I am self-righteous. Or maybe it's this. Maybe, maybe your prayer is this. And you're single, guys. You know this. Says, God, give me a girlfriend. There is no part of that that you single guys are praying that there's any, any like kingdom-motivated part there. 
okay? It's selfishness. God, give me a girlfriend because you know what you want that girlfriend for. I mean, let's just be honest there. Girls, you're like, God, give me a boyfriend. Give me a man. Give me, give me, give me, give me a real, real, give me a good guy with a clean heart, with a good job, who's hot, and just everything like that. I want that, Lord, right? But you don't want that for godly reasons. You want that for selfish reasons because you're, you're either you're lonely or you're codependent or you need something like that to cling on to to make you feel self-worthy of yourself when all the way on you know that you're worth and value is in God's eyes, not the hands of some guy who is imperfect in nature. But that's another story. That's another sermon. We'll get there later. Okay, so those are self-motivated motives right there. God, give me this because I deserve it. God, give me this because I want it. God, give me this because I think that I need to be like this. God, give me this because I desire this. Those are self-motivated prayers. Now let's look at some kingdom-motivated prayers. These are going to actually be the same prayers but with a kingdom-motivated uh, you know, mindset behind them. Let's look at this. Um, first one, God, bless me with tons of money so that I can be a blessing to others. You see the difference there? The first one was, God, bless me with tons of money because I deserve it. I worked hard. I need it. God, bless me because I need it. The second one was, God, bless me with lots of money so that I can be a blessing to others. So I can give to the church. So I can give to the people in need. So I can give to my family in need. So I can be a blessing to others. Oh, how about this one? God, bless me with a new car. God, bless me with a new car um, so I can help it. I can use it to help others. What, what, what if you would love to be able to give people rides to, to church or give, use it to, to maybe loan it to people when you need it? What if that is what your motives are? What if there are kingdom-minded motives behind your, you wanting a car? And listen, you don't need a Corvette to do all that in. Okay, you can make way with a Chevy Impala. You can make way with a Honda. You can make way with with anything. Just just bless me with a dependable vehicle, so I can come to church on Sunday, so I can go to work on Sundays and provide for my family. God, just bless me with something so that I can I can do Your will in my life a little bit easier through that. God, that is a kingdom mindset. God, I want to be the most holy person in church. We might say that, and and we might say, well, that's pretty self-righteous there, but what if he says, I want to be the most holy person in church so I can teach others how to love you. I can teach others how to love you. What if you want to be more spiritually strong so that, not so that you can be more self-righteous, but so you can help guide others through discipleship, through, you know, missional community group or a one-on-one discipleship training class, whatever it is, that you can help raise up young men or young women in, in that way so that they can grow into a better walk of Christ. What if you say, God, give me a girlfriend? So that I can love her and honor her as a daughter of the king. And if you do that, that does not mean you, you compromise the, the, uh, the rules that God has set up, the, the, the commandments that God has set up. No, you honor her all the way through dating until marriage. That is a kingdom building foundation to grow a family on. That is the way God intended it to be. So you see the difference in motives here. self Motives versus kingdom motives. We have got, got to understand that our motives have got to be correct when we pray. God will never give you what you desire if it is not what He desires first. 
You write that down. God will never give you what you desire, but it's not what He desires first. So number one was that we had to pray honestly. Number two was we had to pray uh, with the right motives. And number three, if you're taking notes, is pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping, without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray continually. Uh, some translations say pray without ceasing. Other translations say pray without stopping. Just pray continually. Don't stop praying. It kind of reminds me of, of that song, My Journey. Don't stop believing. Now, come on, you want to sing that with me? Okay, never mind. That was just weird. I'm telling you the bad jokes transcend through the video as well. I'm apologizing for that like crazy. And I'm probably going to have to edit that part out. So basically, pray until God moves. Pray until God moves. I want to bring this story to light right here. This is Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 9. Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 9. It says this. It says, Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. He said, Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight and wanted to borrow three loaves of bread. And he said to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, Don't bother me. Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night. And my family and I are in bed. I cannot help you. Okay? But I tell you this, though he won't do it for a friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough... He will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Okay, so what we have here is, is we have this. We have a guy who is in need of something from, from his, his friend. Okay, and he goes over and goes, hey man, can I borrow this loaf of bread? Can I have some bread? I know it's late, but I had some visitors drop in. You know us Hispanics, we get people coming in all the time. Okay, so you go, so I need some food, I need something to, to give to these people. And you say something like, can you please spare something? And the guy says, well, not really, you know, because I'm in bed already. I'm tired. I've had a long day. I was up all, all, all throughout the day at work. My family's asleep. My kids are asleep. You know, we're just... just Go away, there's nothing for you here. Go down to the, like, you know, stripes and get something from there. But if you keep knocking, if you keep persistently going after that one thing you want, eventually, not out of your friendship with the other person, but because of our, uh, this shameless persistence, you keep going, he will eventually give in and give you with the thing that you desire and ask for. Verse 9 in that same chapter says this. It says, and I tell you so, Jesus said this, and I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened for you. Yes, it's kind of like that annoying child of yours who just persistently keeps tugging at your leg and is constantly saying, Dad, Dad. Or if you're like, you know, mom, 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 mommy, mom. And you're like, what do you want? You know, and what do you need? And, and before you know it, you're giving him candy or you're giving him something to just go away and just get away from here. That's kind of what he's saying here. It is just like that. Just be persistent in your prayers. Don't stop 
praying, pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5.17, pray continually and never stop. So we're going to pray, we're going to reflect here for a little bit. We're going to pray honestly for one. We're going to pray honestly. Uh, the second thing we're going to do is we're going to pray with the right motives in our heart. That's very important. That's Without the right motives, everything else is just flawed from that point on. So pray honestly. Pray with the right motives. And then the third one is we're going to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So that was our part of prayer. But like every good conversation, there's two parts. So now I want to look at what God's part says in the prayer. His part is this. The first thing God's going to do when you pray to Him is he can, He's going to listen to you. He's simply going to listen to you. Psalm 4.3 says this, And you can be sure of this, that the Lord will set apart glory for Himself. The Lord will answer when I call to Him. Okay, but what if it feels like He's not listening? Like I know Scripture says that He is listening, but what does it feel like? Or what do I do if He's not listening? Have you ever felt like that? How many of you guys have ever felt like that? Like when you pray God's not listening, y'all raise your hand. Raise your hand. No, no it's okay. Raise your hand. Someone's going to see you and say, like, I, I, I get that, okay? So you, know, you pray and, and, and you feel like God is not listening to you, okay? So if He doesn't hear you, what do you do? You make adjustments, right? It's kind of like the, uh, you know, the cell phone reception. You pick up your phone and like, hey, can you hear me now? Okay, now you can't hear me? And then you go to another part of you know, the house and like, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Look, if you have Sprint or Cricket or T-Mobile, you totally understand this, this whole, uh, this whole you know, picture I'm painting for you right here. You know, can you hear me now? And you move around. Can you hear me now? And you move around. Can you hear me now? You know, if God is not listening to you, if you feel like He is not listening to you, make adjustments in your life like you would the reception of a cell phone. Make adjustments in your life. Look, God wants to listen to our prayers, yes, but He wants to be honored and glorified more. Listen to that. God wants to listen to our prayers, but He wants to be honored and glorified even above all that. Okay? So adjust the way you honor and glorify God with your life. Adjust the way that you honor and glorify God with your Life. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That's in the book of James. That the prayer of a righteous person, notice I said not the prayer of a sinner. That's going to kind of mess a lot of us up here today. Because God does not listen to sinners' prayers. God listens to the prayers of righteous people. He wants us to listen. He wants to listen to the prayers of someone who is living a life that glorifies Him. Here goes back to the motives part of our part. We have to be living right. We have to be in the right mindset. We have to have the right motive before God can really listen to our prayers. He'll listen. But before God really listens, we have to be living the right way. The righteous person has great power when he prays. And finally, he listens. Number two, he answers. And I love this part about God. Because while we do so much to make sure our prayers are right, while we have to pray honestly, while we have to pray you know, without ceasing, and we have to pray with the right motives, God has two parts. 
And that is one is that he, he listens. And this is number two, is that he answers. It is an amazing thing. He answers our prayers. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 38 with you real quick. The book of Isaiah chapter 38. Isaiah 38 verse 1 says this. It says, And about that time Hezekiah became deathly ill. And Hezekiah was a ruler at that time. It says, Hezekiah became deathly ill. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Omaz, went to visit him. And he gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. Hold up there. If I get any word from God, I want it to be a good word. But here comes a messenger from God. And he tells Hezekiah, you're going to die, man. Like, like you're not going to recover from this. That is a crazy, crazy thing to hear. And you can imagine what is going through Hezekiah's mind. Oh my gosh, this is it. This is the end. Okay, let's see what, 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 what Hezekiah does. Because I think if I heard someone come up with a messenger from Christ and a messenger from God say that, that this is it, this is the end, you're not going to recover from this, I would be depressed. But let's look at what Hezekiah does. This is verse 2. It says, when Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and he prayed to the Lord. And this is Hezekiah's prayer, verse 3. It says, remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Okay, so right there you're seeing Hezekiah. He's saying, remember how I've always been faithful to you. That means that my motives have always been right. And I have always been honest with you. I have served you single-mindedly. I've, I've been honest with you. I've, I, everything I have done, my whole mind has been devoted to you. Okay, it says always doing what pleases you. That means that, that he's doing it continually. He is praying without ceasing. He's continually doing this. It says, then he broke down and he wept. Bitterly, he is being honest with God that he is scared to death of dying. And he is pleading to God. He is pleading to God. Remember how I used to serve you, Lord. Please help me here, Lord. Verse 4 says this. Tis then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him this. This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend this city. See, Hezekiah prayed honestly to God. He was broken. He was weeping. He was crying. If you remember last week, that was a powerful moment in the, in the message where at the end, we all just started praying to God and we were tearing up. And we were just like, hey, I had tears. And everyone was tearing up in the room and God was moving in us. You know what we were doing? We were praying honestly to God. And Hezekiah is doing the same thing. He is on his knees. He is against the wall. He says, Lord, please help me. I cannot, I don't know what to do. My life is ending. Lord, can you please change this, right? So he prayed honestly. 
and he prayed with the right motives, okay? He was a godly king. Hezekiah was one of the only godly kings around, and he wanted to lead this nation to honor God. So he had the right motives all the time in his life. Okay, so he was honestly, he had the right motives, and he prayed without ceasing. He prayed without stopping. And God listened to him, and he answered his prayers. Do you feel like Hezekiah today? How many of you feel as though you've been praying, and you've been praying and praying and praying to God, but something's not working in, in your prayers? Well, I ask you to check the first three things in your part. One, are you praying honestly to God? I mean, are you holding anything back from God? The second thing I want to ask you, if you feel like Hezekiah, you feel like there's no hope, and you feel a little scared and hopeless, is what are your motives when you pray? What are the things that you're praying for? Are they selfish motives? Are they things that, that you want for yourself? Or are they kingdom-minded motives? Things that, that, while may benefit you, but ultimately are going to benefit the kingdom of God. And the thirteenth thing, are you like Hezekiah, are you praying without ceasing? Like, you can't ask God for something one, uh, one time, you know, six weeks ago, and get mad at Him when it hasn't happened yet, when you only asked Him one time. Like, where is your faith? Are you praying without ceasing? And if you do that, if you make adjustments in your life to, to be more, more in line with what God wants, and then He will listen to you. If you make those adjustments, maybe you've been praying to God, God, please get me out of this debt that I am in. I am swimming in debt, but you don't do anything to honor God with the money you have. Why should God help you with that? You get what I'm saying? If, if you're struggling financially and you're praying to God to help you, but you don't do anything to you know, contribute to the kingdom of God with the money that you do have, why should God grant you even more money when you're not even faithful with the little bit that you do have? Or maybe you want to honor God and say, God, just, I mean, you know, my relationship is rocky. My relationship is messed up. I want this relationship to work. God, please don't let her go. God, please don't let him go. God, please, please just, you know, I'm sorry, Lord. Let them see. Let them forgive me. But you're living in sin outside of marriage with that person. Why would God ever bless that? You get what I'm saying? So make adjustments in our lives so that we can align ourselves with what God wants for us so that He can bless us even more abundantly through our prayers. And if we do all of those things, just like Hezekiah, I promise you God will do something amazing in your life. God was fixing and He wants to bless you in your life. He wants to give you the things that His heart desires to help His kingdom grow that eventually will benefit you because it will make you a stronger and better person. God wants those things in your life. But are you willing to make the changes in your life to make those things come true? Are you willing to pray honestly, pray with the right motive, and pray without ceasing? And if you do that, can you be sure of this, that He will listen and He will answer your prayers. Now right now we're going to bow our heads and uh, Sarah's going to come up here and she's going to pray for us. Uh, I am just 
thrilled to be your pastor, and I'm so honored that you are so open and able to allow me to do things like this uh, to be able to teach you guys. And I'm so thankful. Um, so let's just do. Let's all bow our heads and pray as we go into worship in this last song. <laughs>